Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Don't count on getting a lot out of me tonight because I'm so infatuated with the little stand that our guest has brought to us. <laughs> You've got a new toy. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is really exciting. <laughs> um, our guest tonight is Kevin Newman from El Artista Cigars. And Kevin, thank you for coming on the show with us. Thank you for wasting your time with me. <laughs> we we feel like it's the other way around. I assure you, it certainly is not on my end. Well, you know, so there's so much cigar swag out there. Mm. When somebody brings in something unique, it really catches my eye at all. And you brought us in a stand. It's held together by magnets that our cigar sets in perfectly. At all. So let's light up our cigars, and then I want to really get into talking about El Artista cigars, because I always enjoy finding out about new stuff. I've never had the brand before. So normally we kind of go around the table and talk about what we're smoking, but since you're the expert here, why don't you tell us what you're going to be smoking and then kind of give us some information on our stuff? Oh, okay. Wonderful. Um, I'm smoking a cigar that we make in our factory for a uh, gentleman out of Miami. He is Jewish. He's actually Russian Orthodox Jew. And he had asked us to make a cigar for him uh, for Passover. And we said, okay, yeah, not a problem. What are the regulations? What do we need to know? What do we need to not do? And he said, well, I'll send a rabbi down. They'll check your processes, make sure everything's clean and ready to go. Um, there's no blessing involved. There's no seance. And we don't have to like spread around any type of incense. We just come down there, make sure we check off all the checklists and make sure your processes are correct. This is called Senior Solomon. And we make it for Greg Azerman out of Miami, Florida. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great cigar. Again, it's kosher for Passover. Now, does he have a shop or is it just the cigar? someone that's there what's the shop name he used to have a shop he's selling it now direct through folks uh it's seniorsolomoncigars.com okay cool well i'm i'm gonna light up this buffalo 10 i'm very excited because this is this is y'all's budget offering kind of to the lineup and i'm excited to try this buffalo 10 that's i read their thing it's a san andreas wrapper over dominican binder fillers and a couple of other tobaccos in there Yes, sir. There's about six different tobaccos from five different countries in there. Buffalo 10 has got a San Andres Mexican Maduro wrapper. It's a box press 6x50. So it sits real nice in the hand, looks real nice on the eye. Uh, the binder is Dominican Negrito. Negrito is an old, old, old leaf they used to use back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They don't, they don't use it anymore. They don't use it anymore. They fell out of fashion. It was never hybridized. It was never weatherized. It wasn't acclimated to the uh, changing soil conditions and the changing conditions of the Dominican Republic. We brought it back. And the reason why we brought it back was because the grandson of the founder of El Artista started going through his grandfather's old recipe cards. And he started seeing Negrito on everything. What the heck is a Negrito? So he went down to an agronomist who took a look at him. He's got two teeth in his head. He's got wiry white hair, and he's going, I know Negrito! <laughs> and he runs all the way in the back, grabs a bag of seeds, and throws it at him. So plant it in the ground, please. We've not seen this in over 40 years. Wow. So our agronomist took the seed. He knew the seed, but he never worked with it personally. Put it in the ground, see how that first acre went. And it went okay. Now, Negrito by itself, if we just left it the way it was, 
tastes good, but it has weird burn characteristics. It doesn't stay consistent, which is one of the reasons why they stopped using it. They couldn't take the time because there are other fantastic leaves out there at the time in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s that were working just fine. So just past the... Exactly right. Yeah. So we've taken the time over the last eight years to really work with this leaf to make it work very well because we believe it, one, in having exclusivity is good. Right. But also, we need some innovation in this industry. We need something that's different and truly different, not that we say it's different, that it actually is different. And in this way, we bring back a vintage leaf that was on the shelf for over 40 years. It adds a little bit of leather, a little bit of spice, but it's not like cracked pepper. It's not jalapeno. It's kind of like a sweet Tahitian style spice. That's a great way to describe that. I had one earlier today uh, and it was really blown away by how much flavor is packed into such a budget friendly stick. Yeah, well, again, it's, it's just the strength of the factory. Well, you know, I'm a gigantic San Andreas fan, and rarely do you see somebody take San Andreas and lay it over a Dominican tobacco. Usually it's a Nicaraguan tobacco. Correct. They tend to pair the two together. And I was actually actually talking to Glenda about this this weekend, my wife, and I was like, you rarely see somebody take San Andreas and Dominican tobacco together. It really complements it way better than I thought it would. Yes, and it, it really, I mean, San Andreas by itself doesn't have much flavor. You really need something on the binder, some olor that really helps it out. If you don't, you're just going to have kind of a flavorless filler cigar. The Dominican Negrito, not only does it add those great flavors, but it burns. This particular hybrid that we've created burns real well. Nice, clean burn. It's the binder we use on the one that you're smoking over there, Trey. Okay. Which we haven't gotten to yet, but we will. So let me get to the fillers on the Buffalo 10. So we have the San Andres wrapper, Dominican Negrito on the binder. We also have Colombian, USA, Nicaraguan, and Dominican fillers. Now, that's a lot of tobacco to put inside one cigar, but it's the Dominican filler that really makes that thing sing because it is T13. Now, that is an exclusive tobacco that we have ourselves that we've hybridized out of three separate seeds. The dominant in that strain is San Vicente. Are you guys familiar with San Vicente? I know I've heard of it. A lot of people have heard of it. A lot of people have actually smoked it. They didn't know yet. See, San Vicente tastes a lot like blueberries. Interesting. A little fruit, a little earth, a little citrus pop. In the hybrid state that this uh, T13 is, it adds a flavor of dried apricots. But we aged that T13 seven years. I've seen the bales. I've seen the dates on the bales. We have seven, six, and five-year-aged tobacco, this T13. So right now we're using the seven-year-aged on the current run of the Buffalo 10. It adds not only that dried apricot, but also a little bit of cocoa on the back. The aging gives it some cocoa. So we get sweet, spicy chocolate, which was my stripper name in college. We did what we had to do to get it through. <laughs> it was a rough time. I was young and I needed the money. That's, yeah. that's right. We won't hold it against you. Now, what's Trey smoking? Because they can't be enjoying it more than I am this. <laughs> this is the... I'm, I can never... I, I don't roll my R's well, and I know I'm supposed to, but it's the Cimarron, the Maduro. That's correct. Yeah, I'm a fat white guy from Santa Barbara, but I can roll my R's a little bit. It's uh, Cimarron is how we say it, but you say it however you like. Either way you say it, it's still a great stick. That uh, comes in two different wrappers, and it's essentially the same blend for both. 
the one you're smoking has a little bit more ligero. So it's a okay. San Andres Mexican Maduro on the wrapper, the Dominican Negrito on the binder, and then you have Colombian, Nicaraguan, and USA in the filler. Uh, the Nicaraguan, we increase the ratios over the uh, Connecticut to give it a little bit more pop for the same reason we were talking about with the Buffalo 10. The San Andres doesn't add a whole lot of flavor, so we had to do something. The Connecticut version of that uh, cigar is really sweet and creamy because it's a Honduran Connecticut, whereas that's a little sweet and spicy. Okay. So both of them are fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and, and I'm just barely an inch into it, not yeah, quite. You're just getting started, brother. So I, I know this and the Buffalo Tin both have some USA tobacco in it. Where are you getting? I mean, I know you can't be too specific, I'm sure, but uh, where's the American tobacco coming from? It's USA Broadleaf coming out of PA. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, this, the best way to describe the Buffalo Tin, and I'll, this will only be pertinent to me, so thank you, rest of the world. I was in Hatchetube, Alabama on a deer hunt and come in after hunting that night and the guy that was running the hunt had taken fresh quail and had grilled them over charcoal and had pulled green branches off of the pecan tree sitting out there by the grill and laid it on top of that charcoal and you got that fruit wood flavor really coming up through there. And anybody that's grilled with pecan knows it's that that richness and that's really uh, when I'm smoking this cigar I'm thinking of you know a deer hunt in Hatchetube Alabama you can use that in your next ad campaign <laughs> <laughs> I'll point them for the podcast <laughs> but I mean really that's that's what this feels like I've not had I've not had a cigar kind of had that fruit wood that feel to it like you know when you roast good chicken on pecan wood or when you use apple chips and different things like that. I've not had a cigar bring that. So this is really interesting the way it brings that. Especially at the price point. At $5 a stick, that's unbelievable. Well, thank you. Again, it's, it really showcases the strengths of our factory. Our factory grows more tobacco than anybody else in the Dominican Republic. I just had a guy, I won't name the shop, but I just had a shop owner call me out on that and said that was complete and utter um, horse puckies. And the truth of the matter is, there's, in the cigar business, a lot of people lie. But LRT said, we don't have to lie. We know that we are the largest tobacco grower. We grow and trade with pretty much everybody. Chances are half of that humidor behind me is filled with our tobacco. The reality is we've been around for over 63 years. If you go down to the Dominican Republic and you ask about Tabacalera El Artista, although they go, oh, yeah, we know them. They're right around the corner in Tamboril. Out here in the States, not so much. Because we don't self-promote, we're not real big. Right. We haven't had brands in the States for more than just maybe six or seven years now. Okay. And we're doing it door by door, day by day, the old school way. You know, we're not selling hard on the internet and selling over Instagram. We're going to shops, meeting people, making connections the way they used to do it, what, 40, 50, 60 years ago? Was it hard making the transition into from from being a, a grower for other factories and then get, you know, putting stuff with your own name on it? Yes. No, I wasn't there for that. Okay. Um, I've started with them about three years ago. Uh, the owner of the brands that we're smoking here today is the grandson of the founder. And he, the way he told it to me, he's 29. He's pretty young. So he was 22 at the time when he brought it to his dad's attention. And he said, okay, Dad, we grow all this great tobacco. We make 8 million cigars a year. 
I want to bring some, some sticks to the States. And his father said, don't do it. You'll lose all your money. The gringos will take advantage of you. You'll be poor and you'll be working back for me. Well, he did it anyways. And his dad actually made it a little bit hard on him. He wanted, wanted to buy the cigars. He had to buy at the regular wholesale price. He, no favoritism no or favoritism. No. And when he wanted to ship it to the States, he didn't include it in his big shipments that were leaving the factory. He had to ship it direct to the, to the warehouse. He really didn't want him to do it. But over time, he's gained some traction, gained some respect. And his father said, okay, let's see what we can do. I came on board three years ago. I left a real big distributor out in California. Um, I was the director of marketing and launched a few really big cigars, managed a portfolio of nine brands for them. These are cigar names you guys would probably know. And uh, I used to work with them. They made about a million cigars a year for us in one of our brands. I met the family. I said, man, I'll take a chance. I think there's a huge potential here. This is a great story. It's the real deal. It's one of the only real deals left in the Dominican Republic that nobody knows about. Yeah. Let's bring it to the States. Let's see what happens. How's the reception been? It's been good in some areas and very cold in others. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because it, that's kind of the character of some, some shops. Some shops, they have set down. These are the cigars we like to sell. These are the cigars we like to smoke. And it's it's hard getting anything else in there. And then there's some cigar shops that are more open because they have a clientele, you know, that's always wanting to try something new. Yes. You know, we're always wanting, you know, we're always looking for something new. What's the newest thing that's come out? Um, It's interesting. That's the tightest box press I believe I've ever had. I mean, the draw is great. It's not tight draw wise, but I mean that you could shave with that thing. Yes, sir. (laughs) And it's been in my bag traveling with me probably for the last two weeks. (laughs) Well, that, that's a tight box. I mean, it's really interesting. It, it's almost kind of that waffle press type feel because it's so good, it's yeah. so tight. But the draw is good. The draw I, is excellent. And I've got to say, I posted a picture of the packaging for the Buffalo Tin on our Instagram earlier today. I'll go back and tag you guys in it. Uh, Thank you. Shortly, the packaging is gorgeous in its simplicity. It, especially when I went to open the pack and and realized how well this thing is sealed. I just think you guys really knocked that out of the park. But it uh, trying to get the first one out, because they are pressed in there so well, the, the first one really Real didn't want to come out. Yeah, But, no, I love the packaging on that. We want the cigar to maintain its, uh, its box press look. You know, if you leave a box press out for too long, it becomes an oval right. in, in a way. Um, also, it's just better for the presentation. It kind of looks like a chocolate bar if you think yeah. about it. Um, my team created all that packaging. We wanted something that was that spoke to quality, but also simplicity. We didn't want to overcomplicate the packaging and encumber our five dollar price point. Right. So there's no boxes involved. We have it in a five pack like you have right there. We also have it in a forty count refillable tray. Okay. The shop owner never buys wood. We give him the tray for free. He just buys refill bundles that go right in behind it. Okay. One of the What it says to me, and this is a weird analogy, but when you go to Publix or Kroger or wherever, Ralph's, I guess, would be. Yeah, (laughs) Ralph's. We got Ralph's. (laughs) Uh, um, And you buy meat, ground beef, whatever. It's in a plastic or styrofoam tray with cellophane on top. Mm -hmm. You go to your local butcher. He wraps it in paper. Yes, sir. And it, 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 to me, especially being called Buffalo, you know, it, it just kind of, that's 
the difference it, it, it looks like to me. It's the difference of cellophane and plastic and packaging versus just simple and quality. I, I, I think that was the connection I made, at least. I really wanted some endemic materials, stuff that was the Dominican Republic. And that paper they actually use in so many different uh, ways in the DR. They use it for wrapping meat, like you just said, use it for wrapping vegetables and uh, flowers, um, putting it around almost anything, honestly. And so, again, it, brand's so cheap because the packaging's so cheap because right. that stuff is literally, I think it's like $10 for a two tons or something like that you know it's like yeah. so cheap <laughs> the shipping's way more than the buyer yeah okay tell me about the big poppy cigar mm. am i pronouncing poppy right I'm, you got it you okay got i'm it. the least sports guy you're ever going to meet in your life now i'll oh and talk to you about professional wrestling for a million years but wrestling's I, a sport come I, on I, I couldn't tell you if big poppy is a baseball player a football player a golfer or competitive tiddlywinks but tell me about the cigar <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Uh, well, he's he's not a baseball player any longer. He's retired. Uh, he played for the Red Sox, of course. Most people will know that. Um, when he was playing for the Red Sox, he... Let me go back a little bit. The Dominican Republic is a very small island. There's 11 million people that live there, but it's like one giant family. And our, one of our good friends of the factory is friends with David Ortiz's father, who's a uh, barber by trade. Okay. And uh, JM, Jose Manuel, but we call him JM here in the States, was sitting in the barber chair. David just kind of sashayed in. Hey, no problem. It's my son. So they started talking, and uh, he asked JM, what do you do? And he says, oh, I, you know, I sell cigars. I'm a wholesaler, and I use a couple factories. He goes, I want my own cigar. He's like, okay, well, we can work that out. So this was like 2011 in that area. And he asked, he worked with our factory. He went around to all the different factories and then settled on us because, again, known quantity, been in the business a long time. We're big on philanthropy mm-hmm. in the Dominican Republic. We Which he is as well. He's huge. And it was like, just an instant connection there. He fell in love with the family, uh, the uh, Rodriguez family. And he said, I want to make my cigar with you. This is what I want it. I want it citrus, leather, and spice, like being at Fenway Park on opening day. Just that simple. That's awesome. And I, I see on the website it's Criollo 98 on the binder, too. So that I find that that's, there's a lot of citrus in that leaf. Yes, sir. Um, so that explains a, a little bit of, of why the recipe looks like it does. That looks like a delicious cigar based on, on the breakdown. The Ecuadorian Habano, we grow ourselves. Okay. The Criollo, we grow ourselves. Um, it has some other leaves in there that we uh, we pull in, we trade essentially for. Okay. Um, but he was very specific on the blend, and he was involved in the blending process. In the end, he was what he wanted. When we uh, were approached by him at the end of his baseball tenure, when he went to retire, he said, hey, I want to take this commercial. I want everybody to be able to smoke what I've been smoking these last few years. And we said, okay, not a problem. But he could put his finger up and he said, hey, you can't change the blend. He said, it's got to be okay. this cigar. It's going to be a little pricey. He said, I don't care. I'll take less royalty. I just want people to smoke it the way I've been smoking it. So... I have to ask a question because we were talking about this when you came up. Uh, just was it last week or earlier in the week on MLB Tonight, he lit up in the studio. Was he smoking your cigar or his cigar? Yeah. He was smoking the new Big Poppy called the Slugger. 
Yeah, I've got that one pulled up because I love that size. Seven by 60, that's yeah. right up my alley. We call it the Gordo XL. Yep. <laughs> uh, we launched that this year. Uh, we did a press corps event in the Dominican Republic in, just a few months ago in, in the spring. And he was sitting there in front of the press corps saying this, what he needed to say. It was all in Spanish. And I know enough Spanish to get into trouble, but not enough to get out. <laughs> so I could kind of understand what he was saying. And uh, he was holding the regular, the original Big Poppy in his hand. He goes, I love this cigar. I love this cigar like it's family. But this cigar, when I hold it in my hand, it looks like a cigarette. Now, his hands are the size of baseball mitts, right. like, honestly. Then he picks up the slugger. And he says, now this, this is a cigar. And he holds it up <laughs> like this, and the press corps starts laughing. Everyone's taking pictures of it. You know, he really is a real personable guy, and everybody really loves him. Uh, this cigar blend was another one of those things where he came to us, and he said, okay, guys, good cigar on the Big Poppy. People have been smoking it. I want something a little bit stronger, something with a little bit more punch, and I want a little bit more sweetness in it. Okay. Well, let's see what we can do. We went to Kiko, our master blender, gave him the instruction. I think we went through 10 or 12 different versions of it. I was there during the blending process, which is exciting. I love it at oh, the yeah. birth, you know, when it's happening. Yeah. Um, and he just fell in love with it. And that was the cigar he was smoking on MLB tonight. That's really cool. I, I, I love that, the idea of, yeah, I'm not coming back in this building. What do I care? I'm, I'm I ain't coming what, back. That's right. <laughs> well, speaking of coming back, we're going to step away for a quick break for just a second. The first half of the show flew by, as it always does. Um, when we come back, I um, want to find a little bit more about you. Uh, we've been talking a lot about your brand and, and want to find a little bit more about how you got into the industry and stuff like that. So we'll step away for a second, and we'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from a man starting a band called the Dunning-Kruger Effect, but he don't believe it. Trey Dedman. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep psychological bump joke. It is. You really going to have to look up Dun Dunning-Kruger to follow it. That one it. was just for us. <laughs> so, hey, most of the show is just for us, but oh, fair we do have a guest tonight. And all Kevin Newman with El Artista Cigars is here with us, and Kevin's been telling us all about the tobacco. Now we want to know about Kevin. We want to know... How long have you been smoking? When did you start? What was your first cigar? Tell, give, us the, give us the rundown on your smoking. So this would be a great time for your audience to grab a pillow because uh, <laughs> they are going to fall asleep with all my stories. <laughs> um, Settle in, folks. It's a three-hour episode tonight. I was born a poor black child. <laughs> um, so I started smoking cigars at about 22 years old. At that time, I uh, was running a small business. Things were doing okay. I had a, a burgeoning family. I was trying to buy a house. Uh, things were okay. I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was free to do my own thing. Uh, I had a few clients, and I had a lot more prospects than I had money coming in, if you know what I mean. Uh, one of my clients was an older gentleman in his 70s. And he was a cigar smoker. And uh, went into his office, not to sell him anything, but just to sit there and kind of talk to him. And hopefully he would talk to me back. And he says, you look kind of down. What's going on? And I said, well, um, I've got not as much money as I need, and i got a lot of expenses going out. And he says, yep, I've been there. 
And he said, well, you're trying. I said, yeah, I'm trying. He goes, how often are you trying? I said, every day. He's like, okay, all right. What's the biggest problem? I said, well, I, I call people and, and I'm young and they don't want to deal. They don't want to sign a contract with a young guy because maybe they think I won't follow through. He goes, well, shit, you, shoot, you always follow through. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, that's true. And he says, hmm, I got an idea. So he reaches down, he grabs his humidor, opens it up, hands me two Upmans from Cuba, age 30 years. Dang. I, I can't, you can't buy these sticks. I didn't know what I had in my hand. He goes, um, choose your best prospect, the one that you think would be the best for you. Not the one that's going to give you the most money, but the one that would be the best for your business. Put these inside a box with a little note that says, my name is Kevin. I've been trying to get a hold of you. I want 45 minutes of your time. This cigar is for you, and I hope you share this cigar with me. Throw your business card in there, put it in a box, give it to the receptionist. I said, okay. I did it. Two weeks later, I had a phone call. Four weeks later, I had a contract. That's I've been awesome. smoking ever since. <laughs> it's, it's hard to stop after that's your first experience. It's incredible. I mean, smoking cigars really opens up doors, breaks down barriers, opens up conversations in ways that I would never have an opportunity to have in my life. I mean, the reason why I'm sitting here with you today, Trey, is because I met you about six hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was smoking a cigar in the shop. Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time. He and I wouldn't be friends without cigars. Yeah. Uh, our lives are so categorically different that it, if it hadn't been for this shared hobby, we ne- our paths never would have crossed. Yeah, and it's, it's exactly a cigar is a unit of time. You when it. you commit to have a cigar with somebody, you're committing, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of your time. It's really, it's almost a measure of time when you sit down and you start talking to one another and the places you go and the discussions and the people you meet because it's the great equalizer everybody can have a good cigar and it's funny you say that because um i've actually run into a guy he's a national sales guy now but at the time he was regional his name is michael and he's a sales guy for jc newman in fuente and he measured his drive across california and arizona that was his territory at the time and the number of robustos churchills and gordos he would have to smoke in order to get from one place to another (laughs) he goes oh i got to get from san diego to moore park which is where i was working at the time that's a two robusto and a half a toro drive (laughs) (laughs) so what do we not know about the cigar business? What have you What have you learned since you since you left the distributorship and actually went to work for La Artista? What's the first thing you learned that caught you by surprise? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I was really fortunate when I was working for, with a distributor because we had such great relationships with so many different factories. My first trip to a factory was on the distributor's dime. So I got a chance to visit five or six different factories in Nicaragua, Honduras, and in the Dominican Republic. Um, so right, right off the bat, I would say probably, you know, the, I've had a chance to really focus on El Artista and their processes, but more than that, how they take care of their people at the factory. I know Placencia does, does it because we used to give them money when I was at the distributor, but the way that El Artista does it, it's more than just 
taking care of the person who's working there. They take care of their families. They ensure that everything is the way it should be. If the working conditions are good. I think a lot of people equate like third world countries or developing economies like the Dominican Republic with say a China or a Taiwan where maybe the worker conditions aren't so great. That's just not the case. The people that work at LRT still work there because they really want to. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to work. You can work there your entire career. As long as you're doing your job, There's, you can grow with the company or you can stay right where you're at. I mean, I've met people who've worked at that company for over 30 years rolling cigars. That's incredible. Yeah. And to see that type of tenure in a company, <clears throat> excuse me, in a country that we consider a developing nation... I kind of wish I had that here in right. the States. You know, that's job security, my friend. Yeah. So the reality is, since I've had a chance to sit down and work for three years straight with a single factory, I've seen some really great opportunities to watch people grow, mature, change, and see how they really treat people. And the amount of philanthropy that our factory does, and it's not just us. I mean, everybody on the island is doing something of some measure for the community at large. But the way that we do it, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, I had the opportunity to visit Dominican Republic last year. I went down there on a cruise boat, so I was on the other side of the mm-hmm. island. I went on the tobacco side. But I thought, what a great life. They, overtime is unheard of. They yeah. work eight hours a day. They go home, they have their meal, then they go sit on the beach, and the men play, play dominoes and smoke cigars and drink a little rum, and the women sit around and talk about the men, and the kids are out there playing in the surf. I thought... We're just doing it all wrong. They've really got something figured out here. Yeah, for sure. Definitely quality of life is different. It depends on how you measure it. But I can say this. Um, I could be at the factory on a Tuesday afternoon, get an invite to a backyard barbecue for Tuesday evening, and we will have fun, dance. I don't really dance that well, but I'll pretend. Uh, It's funny for them because a white guy jiggling around trying to make it happen. Um, Have great food, barbecue. And uh, drink beer, drink rum, and then at 9.30, 10 o'clock, they close it down, and everybody shows up to work the next day. So they know how to have fun in the DR. I know that for sure. That's, that's awesome. No, I, just, I love the idea as well of, like, responsibility and fun being so well balanced of just, nope, it's, if we don't go to bed now, we'll be... We won't be there tomorrow, and so you just kind of keep... <laughs> the, the, the stuff we have to do makes way for the stuff we want to do. Yeah, I mean, I can't vouch for every backyard party of being course. that way, but I can say that the ones I've been to have been very much like that. Now, it's a little bit different. Uh, this time of year, the factory is real busy, and then it starts to taper off, and around the third week of December, most factories shut down, and some of them shut down for three weeks, some of them for five weeks. And during that time, it's a, it's a big Dominican holiday. And they get what's called the 13th month. They actually get paid an extra wage for a month that they're not, it's not even on the calendar. And that extra month, they, some of them go crazy. They, they <laughs> party hard. Some of them go to jail. Some of them never show up to work on the uh, second week of January. So, um, like I said, there's some responsibility there, but yeah, yeah. other times, not so much. Right. <laughs> Well, I, That's true in life, I think. One of the things I ordered as soon as I got back was some Mama Juana. Mm. And I haven't got my mixture oh, just right man. yet. But we sat here at the bar one night and drank a whole jug together smoking <laughs> cigars. And I haven't quite got my rum-to-wine ratio right yet. So anybody, any, if you know a good recipe, send it to me because my ratios just ain't there yet. It really depends on the spices. 
and you just keep pouring that booze into those spices and eventually it seasons it real nice um you know that's an aphrodisiac right a Tic Tac's an aphrodisiac <laughs> in my life, man. I'll tell you. I wouldn't drink that with a bunch of guys. The, the, little, the little blue Tic Tac's. <laughs> hey, whatever she's doing, it's working. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be aphrodisiac. supposed to cure blindness. I mean, it, it's supposed to have all of these great effects. But we sat here one night at the bar, and I just got back, and I would mixed... Because the cigar shop I went to at the DR, they mixed a lot more wine than they did rum in theirs. Okay. And we sat here and we drank a whole jug one night, just all of us sitting <laughs> oh together goodness. laughing, having cigars. You just you can't beat it. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, they. How about the rum? Do you drink the rum? I do drink the rum. I'm not a big drinker. I'll have a few drinks every now and then, but I'm not a big drinker. But I do like the rum. Dominican rum is fantastic. I'm not a big rum guy, more scotch and whiskey type guy. Uh, there's a couple options out of the DR I really like. Leyenda's really good. Um, I've actually got some Brugal Extra Viejo in the trunk that we've been pouring off a little bit here and a little bit there, sharing the good news of the DR. And then uh, Guillermo Leon has a, a rum, uh, the Leon Jimenez 110, and it is like drinking silk. It is so smooth. Oh, yeah. I've had a couple bottles of that with just a few guys before, and it... It goes quick and it hits hard. Yeah, but it's <laughs> so, so smooth, man. It's so smooth. Well, we went to when we were there. We went on one of the tours. Was the rum plant where they're actually making the rum, which oh, is a yeah. farm. It's a rum farm. It's really the only way to describe <laughs> it. And they're out there with machete cutting the sugar cane. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But let's come back to the cigars. So one of the questions we ask every guest that we have on the show for the first time, uh, and and so far we've never had anybody go off brand. So I've got. Low hopes. You're trapped on a desert island. Okay. One cigar, unlimited quantities, price, no option. It has to be a finished cigar. I can't. I just have raw tobacco. That's the first time anyone's ever asked us that. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, if you want to blend your own, what would that, what would that look like? <laughs> Dropping bales off of a yeah. helicopter. I've got literally nothing else to do on the island, so I might as well learn how to roll a cigar. <laughs> there right, you, you know? go. Um, if I was gonna choose, let's say, just one cigar, um, there's a product that we make called Fugly, and it is really good. It's very strong. It is a hearty cigar. You could throw it in your bag and let it just set there. Yeah. And it's not dry cure, but it'll, it'll act like it. And uh, it's a cowboy-style, Clint Eastwood-style cigar. Oh, you're speaking my language now. It's really good. Very strong. So it would be a good thing to wake up for in the morning, watch the sunrise while I'm cutting down the coconut trees or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, chasing the monkeys around the island, trying to get me some uh, helpers to help me build a shelter or something like that. Uh, it would be Teach a fantastic cigar. Right. <laughs> At that point, I could start my own, like, Island K's uh, cigar <laughs> manufacturing plant. <laughs> Well, that's definitely you the most interesting answer yeah. we've had to that question. <laughs> and uh, so, there's several different brands. There, you know, Puro and Bar, Exactus, Got Your Six. Got Your Six interested me. Tell me about that. The military cigar. So, Got Your Six. Um, it was a an exercise in can we do this. Um, there's been a few out there that have made a kind of expensive version of that cigar, which is a. You have a base, and in our case, our, our base wrapper is Connecticut from Ecuador. But also you have some cliches on it that make it look like it's wrapped in camouflage. 
So in this case, we have uh, double clara, or we call candela here. So we've got green on top of light tan. And then we have some tan with some corojo. And then we also have some maduro on there as well to give it a nice uh, darker finish in some of the spots. Um, we did it as a request from a customer. Hey, can you do this? I've been buying these cigars from such and such company, and they're very expensive at retail. Can you do it for this price? And we tried it and worked it out, and it actually worked pretty well. We've been selling that cigar for the last seven years, and we were kind of like, we're not really sure what we're going to do with it because it sells okay. It doesn't move a ton. It just sits there, and we sell a few boxes a month. This last year, it has gone through the roof, and I cannot explain it. I don't know what happened. I mean, some cigars just catch wind, and now we've been moving a lot of product out the door, more than we had anticipated. My forecasts were completely off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been fantastic. The cigar is interesting because if you know cigars, you know that the wrapper contributes a significant portion of the flavor to the cigar. With Got Your Six, you're going to get completely different flavor profiles every half to full inch. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. I, I like the idea that it, it sounds like your company is one where some most people would ask why, you guys ask why not. Absolutely. Yeah. And just out of a, a out of a random idea, can you make a kosher cigar? I don't see why not. Let's can you it. make a camouflage cigar? Let's let's give it a shot. Yeah. Let's let's see if we can do it at a price that makes sense. Well, and that's the big thing. So many people, you know, the big thing in the industry the last two years has been the collaboration cigar. Mm-hmm. And every collaboration cigar, with few notable exceptions, is overpriced because there's too many hands in the till, too many people out there trying to get their cut. You know, we've we've talked about this a lot on the show because it seems like you'll get a cigar that Fernandez and Jonathan Drew and everybody works on all together, and then before you know it, it's a $16 stick. It's like that's just that's too much for, for what the cigar is. The cigar is a good cigar, but... I have levels, and when you get up to that $16 mark, I'm really going to be expecting a lot of cigar. And what's the, what's the most expensive, what's the highest-end cigar in y'all's lineup? That would be the uh, Pulita 60 Aniversario, or here in the States, we just say Pulita. Uh, Pulita is actually quite interesting, uh, and it's got a great story. Um, remember earlier I was mentioning how Ram, the, uh, the grandson of the founder, was flipping through his grandfather's recipe cards and he kept saying Negrito. Well, he actually found one of those recipe cards was day one, cigar one recipe for the factory. And he kind of tucked that way in his pocket and said, I want to make this cigar one day. And that was the impetus for growing Negrito. And we got the Negrito right to where we wanted it. And we wrapped it in Negrito and used modern materials that were close analogs or exactly the same as what was on the recipe card. So what you're smoking with a polita is the original blend the factory came out with in 1956. That's really cool. That's, that's probably the best anniversary blend story that I've ever heard, for sure. Now, what's the workhorse? What's the workhorse of the industry for you? What's your What's the cigar that is the backbone of the company of El, of La Artiste? Uh, for a El, El Artiste. El Artiste. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because we all know, like in Spanish, La it was an A and L is an O. Yeah. Um, and El Artista. So, uh, you know, for the, to the beginning of the year, I would say what was pushing and pulling our line really was Exactus. 
It's been around for seven years. We have five different sizes, two different shades. That's so 10 different SKUs. It ranges in price from a $5 Robusto before tax all the way up to um, an $8 6 by 60 And we even have a 90 by 11 in that size or in that uh, series as well. It's a big cigar the size of your forearm. Um, it's, in fact, one of the best cigars I've ever had. Um, but the reality is that cigar, it's got a ton of placements across the U.S. It does very well in the South. We've expanded out of the South, and Cimarron and Buffalo 10 have kind of taken its place as the pack leader, with Buffalo 10 having a very strong starting position in the second quarter of this year. We launched it in Norway. It started doing very well. We were surprised by that. Um, and Europe and Germany and uh, other parts of Europe has been, it's been fantastic. They love the price point. They love the packaging, to your point. They call it a little chocolate bar. Yeah. And uh, it's done very well. Uh, we'll see if that remains to, you know, if it continues to go that way. But my, my feeling is Buffalo 10 and Cimarron both will do very well for us in, the, in 2020. No, not having had any of the other blends, but I could, I could see why that would be the case. Uh, the Cimarron very, very much has the flavor profile of a workhorse cigar. The Buffalo 10 having the flavor and the price point of being right in that wheelhouse of, of the, a workhorse for, for, for the brand, I would think. Yeah, I mean, we, I don't know how many retailers you have listening to you, but we do full Keystone. So, you know, when I say, when I'm quoting prices, I'm quoting it also for the retailer to understand that they're going to get their money out of it too. We're not saying here, right. you buy the cigar for $4, you sell it for 5 That doesn't work for anybody. No. Um, other than maybe the manufacturer. In our case, we want to make sure that everybody along the value chain is satisfied. And that includes the retailer. With Buffalo 10 and Cimarron both, but more with Buffalo 10, I sat down with a group of retailers over time and I said, what would you want if you were making a cigar or if the perfect cigar just walked right through the door, what is it that you want? And they said, first price point, it's got to be this. Please give me five packs. I need that. I hate buying wood. I only throw it away at the end of the day. I know I paid for that box, but I can't sell it for what I paid for it. And don't junk up my shelf with a ton of stuff just give me one thing one size i would love that one size please no muss no fuss just just let the cigar speak for itself right and that's what we delivered on that and almost all of the retailers that gave me feedback we had sold prior to ipcpr because we delivered on what they had asked so for our listeners out there, if they come into a shop and they're looking for LRT stuff, what cigar should they be looking for? Which one, which is the one cigar that would symbolize the brand to you? Really, I mean, I keep saying it over and over again, but Buffalo 10 really is the cigar you should start with and then work your way up the value chain. Try the Cimarron, try the Polita, try the Big Poppy. Grab a hold of an Exactus if you can get it. Budo Ambar, it's um, it's kind of waning. It's in the kind of the end of its life cycle right now, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very good cigar. It's just um, it's being overshadowed by some of the bigger winners that we have right now. Um, in fact, I replaced somebody's uh, Budo Ambar place set with Buffalo Ten today in uh, in Nashville. So um, yeah, just start there. If you like that cigar, there's so many others in our lineup that are not exactly the same, but 
similar construction, You'll similar get what style. you like out of it. Exactly right. Yeah. So do you guys have any events or anything coming up that you want to plug, either here locally or, I mean, we've got listeners all over the country, so if you guys are going to be somewhere. We're starting to come into the end of the events season for us. Uh, I do 10 big events, you know, big consumer events, 500 to 1,000, maybe even more in some cases, events. I just finished up the Cigar and Spirits event in Fort Worth, which was fantastic. Okay. Big shout out to Cigar and Spirits magazine. Take a look. We have three ads in that magazine, this this uh, issue. Um, about uh, 750 or 800 Texans were out there smoking, drinking, having a good time. Uh, that happens twice a year, once in Texas, once in California. Other than that, we also uh, do in-store events all the time. I did one in Texas at Tobacco Cabana. Shout out to Rhonda down there in Cedar Hill. Go by. They have a lot of our stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, here I'm actually getting ready to pack it up, heading to Memphis tomorrow, and then headed home to Southern California on Friday. Uh, as far as the rest of the year, we have the Turado, which is a big event we do with media folks. Uh, we have uh, two days in the factory, two days at the beach, and it's just a lot of smoking, drinking, having a good time. Okay, I've got to ask a self-serving question. I never, <laughs> I don't usually do this on the show, <laughs> but I do have to ask one more before we wrap the just show up. Just this once. Just this once. So when people hear this, when this drops this weekend, I'll actually be in Tampa at the Tampa Cigar Festival. All right. Down in Ybor City. You've done these festivals. What do I need to do? This will be my first big cigar festival that I've gone to. I've gone to the barn smokers and to a lot of events. This is my first big festival. What do I need to do? You know, every single one's a little bit different. Um, Some of them, they give you all your cigars up front, and then you have a chance to buy cigars across the table. Others, they're just trick-or-treating and that sort of thing. Um, What you really want to do is get your cigars as soon as you possibly can. Wait for the crowds to clear out, and they usually do within the first two or three hours, and then go over to every single table and ask if the manufacturer, the owner, is there. And if not, talk to the sales guy. Really dig in. Learn about the cigars. Why should you smoke the cigar they gave away? Why should you, why should you pay attention to their company? Really learn about what they have. Every once in a while, they'll send out an owner. Now, where you're at in the Tampa space, there's going to be owners out there because it's just super convenient for them to go out. So you'll probably be treated to half dozen to a dozen different guys who have their hands right on the, the wheel of the boat, and you just ask them questions. That'll, that'll be exciting. I'm, my wife and I are really looking forward to it. We've been planning. We bought the VIP tickets. We're very excited to go down there and see it and just super excited. Um, thank you so much, Kevin, for being on our show tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for spending the it time with us. It was an absolute pleasure. We love getting to learn, especially especially when it comes to brands that we haven't heard of before. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah. And I'm, I have to pronounce judgment on the cigar. It is a solid six and three quarter could be the the elusive seven. Oh my goodness i hate to hand the sevens out and i especially hate to hand the sevens out with kevin on the show because then it feels it like, like i'm pandering, pandering. <laughs> but this this is a solid six and a half all day long no but i completely agree we were talking before we started recording and i said look i'm not saying this just because you're sitting in front of me i absolutely love this cigar talking about the buffalo tin it's phenomenal i'd say this one is only about a half a step behind the buffalo tin but my palate's a little bit dirty tonight because I've had a couple of cigars today. Um, my next one, I'll make sure and, and smoke on a clean palate. Wonderful. Very exciting. Okay, November 6th, everybody. 
we will be doing our live event smoke together podcast at Big Boys Cigars. In I was sitting here the Dixon, whole show Tennessee. trying to remember what we were supposed to be. <laughs> yep, everybody come out to Big Boys Cigars in Dixon, in Dixon Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, great owner there, great guys, wonderful shop. Used to be an old sandwich shop. Really has that classic vibe, and we got listeners coming from all over. I've had all kinds of people telling me they're going to be there. We're going to be there around 5. We're going to start recording around 6, and then we'll be hanging out as long as they'll let us. Yeah, we'll hang out. We'll do a pod with the owner. We'll talk about it. We'll take some questions from some people there, some listeners that are there. So remember, November 6, Big Boys Cigars in Dixon, Tennessee. How else do they get a hold of us, Trey? They can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. You can also email us at info at thecigarcast.com. And the website is lartistacigars.com for Kevin's product. And again, Kevin, thank you so much for coming and being with us tonight. Thank you for wasting your time with me. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.